In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. The Detroit Pistons select Sekou Dumbuya. The boy gets run off the line. Down the lane. My goodness. Look at that. Pistons come right back at him with a bruise. Oh, oh, oh. Jam. Dishes to Luke for the long gun. It goes. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to Pistons versus Everybody, the Detroit Pistons podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lazarus Jackson. It is 7.38 p.m. Eastern Time, the night of the NBA draft. And so the NBA draft hasn't started yet. Um, And we're going to try something a little different. I'm going to give you guys uh, something a little bit different. We're going to record multiple times throughout the night um, and see where uh, everything ends up. Just because we don't know the the way that tonight's going to run out for the Pistons. We've already seen... Uh, quite a lot of movement, quite a lot of moves. And so, uh, you know, rather than subject you to, you know, two and a half hours of me just like openly, uh, you know, musing on what's happening in front of me, we're going to, we're going to record, we're going to break, we're going to throw some ads in there. We're going to record, we're going to break, and then we're going to close it out and probably hopefully later tonight. But yeah, so we, we do have some stuff to, to talk about. It's been a while since you've, uh, heard me talk on this podcast. Um, the first thing we should probably talk about is the Bruce Brown trade. Uh, Bruce Brown was traded to the Brooklyn Nets for Zanin Musa and a 2021 second round pick. Um, my initial reactions are actually up on Detroit Bad Boys. Um, and I think it's fair to say it's a pretty, pretty disappointing trade all around. Um, the you You understand why in a in a backcourt that was as kind of as, uh, as crowded as the Detroit Pistons backcourt was and is, it makes sense why, uh, a team that was not like fully convinced that Bruce Brown would ever be a a starting caliber, you know, point guard or two guard, uh, would, would trade him when they're, you know, looking for those diamonds in the rough, but it is kind of rough because Bruce was a very effective, role player for this team and we had seen Bruce grow significantly between his first and second years um and you know I liked Bruce a lot I I enjoyed the the toughness that Bruce played with on a night in night out basis I enjoyed that he was like this you know uber athletic combo guy coming out of college and then his first year right in the league he's just a he's a defensive specialist which I'm sure was like not what he saw for himself coming into this league, but he like you know, uh, it was what he needed to do, and it was what the team needed of him. It was what a playoff team needed of him, and and he fell into that role and performed admirably. And then we saw him come out uh, and really improve this second year as, as a as a playmaker, as a ball handler, as a uh, as a perimeter shooter, as a as a lone you know, catch and shoot only perimeter shooter, but still, you know, there was, there was market improvement with Bruce Brown's game. And, uh, there was a lot of accusations about, you know, 
Pistons fans are overvaluing Bruce Brown. He's not that good. You know, why are you guys so mad he's being traded? You know, it sucks. It sucks watching these guys kind of grow up and develop in front of your eyes uh, and then, you know, get uh, see that, have to see them go, right? Bruce uh, developed here. He seemed to love it here. He formed a really great relationship with, with Sekou Dumbuya. We saw that. Um, Bruce, like, went live on Instagram right after the trade. It was, like, very, you could tell he was, like, pretty sad about everything. Basically just, like, looked at some comments and said, like, I'm going to, like, I love my boy Seku, and then quit, right? Like, you could tell, like, there's a there's a very deep friendship there. And uh, it's, it's always tough to see that as well, the, the personal side, uh, not so much on the basketball side. But, yeah, and uh, and in return, the Pistons got Zanin Musa. You can read... Uh, Joseph Sinke, a.k.a. Joe Trucks, uh, deep dive on Zahn and Musa up on Detroit Bad Boys. Long story short, Musa is three years younger, four inches taller, and like maybe could be an offensive engine, and Bruce can't, and that's why the Pistons probably made this trade. Um, I think that there there's an opportunity for Musa to be a, a legit player if he can fix the issues with his shot and shot selection. Um, his lower half gets a lot of whack. He likes to take tough shots, um, and he's not—he's not a particularly proficient uh, three-point shooter over the over the course of his NBA career. He showed flashes of in the, in the G League, but not against uh, NBA competition. But you know, the the hope is that he's 21 and he's still got some stuff to figure out, and uh, that there's a there's a lottery level talent there. Um, if I remember correctly. Greg Polinski was uh, who was working for the Knicks at the time, and now works for the Pistons. Like that, when when Musa was drafted, he said something along the lines of, "They had him evaluated as like a lottery level talent, uh, and he was drafted at like I think twenty eight or twenty nine. So they were they were pretty happy to get him. Uh, and then he proved to not really be worthy of that happiness. But hey, like you know, sometimes you guys you just have guys, right? Like Troy Weaver immediately traded for Justin Patton, right? Like sometimes you just have back of the rotation guys you, you like. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's rough, but, uh, I'm going to miss Bruce. Bruce is going to have some amazing playoff moments, uh, playing next to Kyrie and Katie and maybe James Harden, maybe we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the long and short of, and Brooklyn should enjoy him. So that's the long and short of the Bruce Brown trade. I don't want to go too long cause I don't want to give you guys again. Like I don't want to make you f- listen to me for, for two hours. So I could give you a little bit more, but I'm not the, uh, the next thing. It was the Jordan Mo- Jordan Bone uh, not offering him a qualifying offer on his two-way deal, and so he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Um, this this made sense in the context of like what we're gonna talk about in the future, um, and also like it's a guy in a two-way, right? Like it's not it shouldn't be surprising when a guy on a two-way uh, you know doesn't necessarily like have an opportunity to make it up to the big club. Um, that's like basically what these two ways are for to get looks at guys. But, you know, Jordan bone played really well for grand Rapids in the G league. Um, he had the athleticism. I think you classically associate Troy Weaver, uh, with desiring from his, uh, from the players that he likes. Um, and Jordan bone kind of, we, we got some reports that Jordan bone had kind of caught Dwayne Casey's eye in uh, the Pistons, like, little summer minicamp OTAs, like, little mini bubble. Um, but apparently that wasn't enough, um, and who knows what that means, right? Uh, I'm sure, I'm not I'm not sure Jordan Bone will catch on with another NBA team, but I, I definitely think that uh, 
another another smart NBA team will, will give him an opportunity. I don't uh, I don't know if he's a like a starting I don't think he's a starting caliber player, but like that's definitely a, a guy with that level of athleticism and uh, pull up shooting ability that he showed in the G League. Like that that guy can be a backup point guard in the NBA, I think. And so, uh, yeah. And that again, we talk about the we talk about the bat the crowded backcourt. Um, that's one more, you know. That's you know, maybe another like eight minutes, eight point guard minutes a night that we get to distribute uh, someplace else. It's another eight backcourt minutes we get to distribute someplace else um, across the uh, across this uh, rebuilding restoration season for the Detroit Pistons. And so, uh, Jordan Bone should catch. Hopefully, we'll catch on someplace else. Hopefully, this is not the last we hear of Jordan Bone. But it's also like not entirely surprising that a guy on a two-way um, does not, you know, make the make the team. Uh, you know, we didn't hear anything about the other two-way slot, Lewis King. Uh, Lewis King, I think, was a less effective player than Jordan Bone in the G League. But I think because of King's like length and, and size and, uh, you know, youth, he's, uh, I think, three or four years younger than Jordan Bone. Uh, I don't know if that gives him a, a better a better chance of uh, making the, the Pistons. But um, I do think that this Pistons team is trying to get uh, bigger and more skilled. Uh, and so Lewis King could possibly fit into that. Um, who knows, you know, a guy like Troy Weaver, you expect to want to make a lot of acquisitions. You expect him and all the scouts he's brought in, all the people with scouting backgrounds that he's brought into this front office um, to have guys that they like, that they want to uh, see on two-way contracts. And so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I, you know, and now the Pistons have an open two-way slot. And so we'll see how at the end of the, you know, at the end of draft night, you know, who they end up using that extra two-way slot on. But, uh, but yeah, you know, just because we've seen the last of Jordan Bone doesn't mean we have seen the last of Lewis King uh, in Detroit. But uh, it wouldn't, you know, surprise me one way or another. There are, there are pros and cons. And uh, so the, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about before, again, we, we take a break and uh, we get to uh, future Laz right now here at 7.48 p.m. Eastern Time is the, uh, is the trade we got right before the NBA draft. The Detroit Pistons picked up Trevor Ariza and the 16th pick in the 2020 NBA draft for a protected 2000 future first round pick. It didn't, it didn't say the level of protections on the pick. It didn't say what year the pick was. So we, uh, we don't have a lot to go off of on, uh, on this trade um, right now. And then also kind of in a related, probably related move, um, we have the Rockets are purchasing Detroit's uh, a, a 2021 second round pick from Detroit. It's the Lakers 2021 second round pick. Um, they're purchasing that pick from the Pistons for $4.6 million. Now, the reason I'm telling you the amount they're purchasing it for is because that is an extremely exorbitant amount for a second round pick. Uh, if I remember, like the the pick that became Jordan Bell I remember when everyone was all like, oh man, the Warriors got Jordan Bell. Like, we can't believe we let this happen. Um, that pick was, I think that was, that was a pick in the 30s. And that was for, if I remember correctly, like 3 million. Um, this pick, that like, you know, 4.6 million is, is more than 3 million. It's more, it's a lot more. And that 2021 Lakers pick 
is probably not going to be in the 30s, right? The Lakers are going to be really good, uh, you know, grant, you know, given if they sign Anthony Davis, which I think everyone assumes is going to happen, the, the Lakers are going to be really good, right? That's you're paying 4.6 million for a pick that's going to be, you know, in the late 50s, early, early to late 50s. Um, and so what people are assuming, and I am going to agree with, is that this is a, a transaction. These are two separate transactions that are related, and that uh, purchase of the second round pick is to help offset some of Ariza's salary this year. Ariza makes uh, a nice chunk of change. I think it's in like the you know, $15, $16 million range. Um, and so, yeah. And uh, that this also leads me to believe that... Um, the that we're when we get more details on the protections for that pick for that first round pick the the pistons are uh ostensibly sending sending to uh the rockets right yeah the rockets um i will be surprised if that if that if the protections on that pick cause that pick to uh convey meaningfully anytime soon right i would be really shocked if it wasn't like you know lottery protected next year like top 10 protected in 2022 like top you know eight protected in 2023 etc 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 like maybe it becomes maybe it turns into a couple seconds in, in 2023 or something like that but uh we yeah, i'd be surprised if that was a real first round pick um that the pistons are sending because if we're being honest you know trevor ariza is a good player good role player had a really good stretch for for houston a couple years ago um but he is not worth a future first round pick you know that is not the that's not the guy you you know a rebuilding team trades a future first round pick for and so this this really feels like you know trevor reason 16 for a future second um and you know maybe another set of, of future seconds um, and this is, and, you know, the 16th overall pick combined with the uh, moves that we talked about earlier between Bruce Brown, and Jordan Bone, that leaves a lot of people to assume that the Pistons are going to take Patrick Williams at number seven overall and then take a, a point guard, which is an area of need for this team with the 16th overall pick. Um, I don't disagree with that uh, assessment. You know, I, we we still have, you know, that, and that remains to be seen. Like, the draft hasn't started yet. Uh, we're, like, 10 minutes away from the draft right now. Um, you know, there have been reports that Patrick Williams could go as high at as four to the Bulls. Um, you know, Atlanta has, is rumored to, to like Patrick Williams. Atlanta's rumored to, to like a lot of people. Um, and so we'll see what the Pistons' plans uh, end up being tonight. But it does seem like the acquisition of for now, at least another uh, first-round pick does mean that they're going to try to address that that point guard spot for sure, um, and that does you know offer them optionality at the number seven spot. Uh, one thing I haven't seen people talk about as much is that the Pistons could use seven and sixteen to try and trade up uh, higher in the draft. Um, I don't think they're going to do that, but it is a possibility that I want to mention like before we we see it happens or not happen as the case may be. And uh, like when you looked at the reports earlier today that the Knicks were looking to trade eight and twenty-three for a higher lottery pick, like it makes sense. Uh, like seven and uh, sixteen, two better picks could could maybe you know beat an offer of eight and twenty-three. But it also uh, doesn't really seem like the Pistons are 
gonna do that you'd still have to part with maybe another asset i've maintained the pistons don't really have the asset base to to trade up uh, especially since like you don't want to give up assets at, at the point where the pistons are at right now and so yeah well so right now again 7 54 p.m pistons have the seventh pick and the 16th pick in the 2020 nba draft and uh let's let's see what happens let's throw it to to future last the wait is finally over football is back you may not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season because lord knows if you're a lions fan there are not going to be that many opportunities for you to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day you go to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts hey guys uh this is laz i'm back it is 8 40 p.m eastern and uh we got it from we got it from everybody we got it from Woj. we got it from shams we got it from my good friend Amari Sankofa. We got it from James Edwards. We got it from Rod Beard. The Pistons are taking Killian Hayes at number seven. Uh, this is something that I have been uh, willing into existence for, for eight months, <laughs> and so I'm ju- I'm really excited, you guys. <laughs> I'm just uh, he he fits so seamlessly, right? The team needed a point guard. Uh, he in my mind was the best point guard in the draft. I was always kind of shocked that he would even be available at seven. Um, you know, just because of the, the, he has everything you want in a point guard, right? He's got the ability to distribute the pass first mentality. You like to see he's good defensively. He's uh, you can take, uh, take and make off the dribble threes. He can finish at the rim. He can get to the rim. He can shoot free throws. He can get to the line. He rebounds a little bit, right? Like he was the complete package. And the limiting factor for a lot of people was always, you know, the lack of like nuclear, nuclear athleticism. And I talked about this in the scouting report piece I wrote on Killian, you know, you know, God knows when, like six months ago. But um, yeah, like a year, uh, a year-ish of watching Derrick Rose like play for the Pistons. And, um, uh, my like love of Dennis Smith Jr. Just like watching those two guys kind of play made me acknowledge and recognize the, um, not the like limitations, but that, you know, elite, elite level athleticism is not the end all be all for an NBA point guard. Right. And so if you, if you have, you know, league if you killing can get from point A to point B. So like, I'm not, I'm not worried about like him, you know, struggling at that, at, at this level, at the NBA level. Um, it's so like, if you can get to point A to point B and you have a plan for what happens when you get there and you know how the defense is going to react and you know, like what move you can get to. And you know, like the, 
the low man's going to pull in. You can see like the help side rotations and stuff like, like your, your basketball IQ, your, your basketball uh, mentality and acuity matters so much more than your athleticism, even as you're an elite level athlete. And so I was just always a big fan of Killian's brain. Right. And, uh, and he's not, he's not a bad athlete, but like his brain is what, what really appealed to me. So yeah, the Pistons have their mythical point guard of the future. Shout out to the Detroit bad boys crew. Pistons finally have their point guard of the future. Um, French connection with Sekou Dumboya. Obviously I know Sekou's a pretty happy camper right now. Um, the pick has not been made official on ESPN and we should talk a little bit about how the draft has gone so far. Um, Anthony Edwards went one, James Wiseman went two to Golden State, LaMelo Ball went three to Charlotte, to the Charlotte Hornets, and I think the surprise of the draft so far is that Patrick Williams went four to the Chicago Bulls. Four was always the, the swing spot for me in this draft. Um, you know, that was when, like, we had the top three prospects that people kind of expected, and then the draft could kind of get wild uh, after that. And and it kind of did, right? I understand fully why Chicago selected Patrick Williams, um, but it, it you know that's not exactly like what was mocked as as happening prior to the draft. Cleveland took Isaac Coro at five. I think that's a really good great pick for Cleveland. Um, that's exactly what they needed, defense and uh, the potential to you know be an impact player on the offensive end once he you know cleans up the shot a little bit. Um, we have Atlanta taking Anyeka Kongwu at six, which I think was like a little bit uh, interesting. We got reports about his toe injury, and that didn't that did not cause him to drop drop in the lottery, which I think is good for him personally. But now Atlanta has John Collins and Anyeka Kongwu and Clint Capella, and I wonder how that trio uh, will get together. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And yeah, that, that lined up everything for, for the Pistons to take Killian Hayes. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was worried the, the Pistons would take Tyrese Halliburton, who is still on the board, who I think would be an excellent player for another team. But, uh, you know, just what Halliburton offers is not really what the Pistons needed. The Pistons needed uh, a guy who can potentially be the, the offensive engine that, that drives a team. And I think Killian Hayes has a chance to be that offensive engine that, that drives the Detroit Pistons. Um you know, before, you know, earlier you heard past Laz talk about how the uh, expectation was the Pistons would take uh, Patrick Williams at 7 and a point guard at 16. Well, now that's flipped, right? Uh, Pistons have their point guard of the future at 7. And so at 16, you expect to see, you know, another wing player, another wing prospect. Maybe that's Sadiq Bey. Um, maybe that's... Uh, can't even really think of any wing prospects like in that area. Maybe that's a guy like Aaron Naismith, a guy they've worked out. I think Naismith is kind of projected to go a little bit higher than that, but we'll see what ends up happening. Um, you know, maybe it's still, maybe it's still even RJ Hampton, right? Uh, we know the team likes RJ Hampton and we do know um, that that's kind of where RJ has been mocked uh, to be. And so you, you kind of wonder what the team is going to do at 16 next. But yeah, for now, like this, this flips the plan on its, on its head, right? Like they don't need two point guards. Um, you shouldn't draft a center in the first round, just like point blank period. Uh, at least in, you know, not, even, not even at 16, I don't think. And so, you know, you hope they, they pick another wing, another wing in the uh, with the 16th pick. I will say if, uh, if they do pick up R.J. Hampton at 16, you know, that, that bodes really, uh, really roughly uh, for Luke Kennard and his extension prospects, um, which... You know, we'll see. Troy Weaver is really putting his stamp on this team, and 
uh, we're we're gonna see what uh, what this holds for the future. But yeah, the uh, the Detroit Pistons take Killian Hayes at number seven overall, and uh, I could not be happier. We're uh, we're gonna take another break, and uh, then we'll come back with the uh, pick at sixteen. Okay, hey guys, uh, it is nine forty-two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The sixteenth pick has just been uh, made by the uh, Portland Trailblazers for the Detroit Pistons, and it's Isaiah Stewart, the center out of Washington. And I think this this is good because I get to do like both halves of the podcast, right? I get to do something, a, a piece of the podcast where you get to see my uh, excitement and uh, in, enjoyment of like what's going to happen like uh, with Killian Hayes. And then you get to see me question this team a little bit because uh, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart is a, is a center. Um, like <laughs> he's a good defensive center. Uh, he was a good, he had like good post-up numbers, but like, yeah, I, I, I struggled to see like how Isaiah Stewart makes an immediate impact, you know, on this team right like i am like i'm i'm very confused i'm very confused and like i don't i don't think he's a bad player but like i you know i had him uh not even in my top 5 of bigs like available in this class right um like jalen jalen smith i thought jalen smith who got drafted at 10 by by phoenix i'm not going to really talk about that i thought jalen smith w- was a better player than stewart uh i thought you know i thought um Xavier Tillman, who is still on the board, I thought he was a better player than than Stewart, um, a more you know more experienced defender uh, than Stewart. I think I thought that uh, you know I, I you know I tweeted this. I thought the Pistons would go in the direction of R.J. Hampton. Um, I think you know the with the selection of Killian Hayes. You know, R.J. Hampton and Killian Hayes could be like the backcourt of the future. But I think uh, what this pick tells us is that the Pistons, you know, do have a lot of faith in Luke Kennard to be part of their future. You know, conversely, if they hadn't, you know, taken if they had taken another guard, like maybe you could you could infer that some other way. But I think this is I think this is a vote of confidence in in Luke Kennard and his his future for the team. Um. But yeah, I like. I'm I'm not I'm not very excited about this Isaiah Stewart pick. I don't think this is, uh, I don't think this is a great pick. Not because Stewart himself isn't a good player, which I'm I'm sure he is. I did not do. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I didn't do like an extensive scouting report on Stewart. I didn't really do an extensive scouting report on on most of the big men. I just know you know Xavier Tillman because I watched him for for three years. But uh, yeah, I'm. Hmm. I mean, the the Pistons do need big men, right? the the only so like if 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 you don't count Christian Wood who is an unrestricted free agent and you don't count John Henson who is an unrestricted free agent and if you don't count Thonmaker who I don't I didn't see anything about the Pistons uh, offering Thonmaker a qualifying offer um, I don't know what the deadline for that is right now off the top of my head but um, I would expect that's coming up soon and if the Pistons do not offer him a if they don't offer Thonmaker a qualifying offer, he would become a restricted free agent. Um, that would make the only big men on this Pistons team like Blake Griffin and and uh, and Justin Patton, right? Those would be the only two like traditional big men. Like you know maybe Sekou plays some four 
or whatever. But like, yeah, you, those would be the only like traditional traditional bigs on this team. And so you you definitely like there's definitely a place for uh, a big man to like find rotation minutes on this team. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of if you're just looking for like replacement level center minutes like that is easily accessible without uh, expending a, you know, a top 20 pick in the NBA draft. Um, I, I like just philosophically taking Stewart here doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. Now, you know, he's he is a piston. He will be a piston. I hope he's good. Um I hope that the uh, they're watching his highlight package now, hoping the uh, the athleticism and, and defense translates. I hope that you know he offers uh, a vertical threat for for the likes of Killian Hayes and Derrick Rose. Um, I hope he's a good uh, interior defender or becomes a good interior defender because like that's that's you know that's a really important part of winning basketball is is playing defense on the interior. But uh, but yeah, this is this is not as exciting a a pick as could have occurred uh, in my mind but as i as i said on uh locked on cavaliers earlier you know i've resolved myself tonight to uh you know trust what troy weaver is going to do i'm going to give troy weaver the the benefit of the doubt because you know this is his first draft right We're, we're seeing his philosophy for the first time and so yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see what Isaiah Stewart is able to bring to this team, um, but yeah, this is kind of a disappointment. I mean, not that I I fully expected R.J. Hampton to be the pick here, um, because just because they they had there had been so many kind of inklings about how much the team liked him and and what he had to offer, and you saw the the videos of like the improved shot making. Uh, the improved like shooting that he was able to to show like in his uh, pre-draft process you uh you saw the um you saw the uh, overt athleticism that he has that's again like a classic uh Troy Weaver trope of what he's interested in and he was a high character guy right like not not everybody is able to make that transition to uh playing professionally over in Australia from America uh, in, in the way that RJ did, um, teammates had nothing but, but good things to say about him. Um, he, he enjoyed the experience. He was, uh, he was very mature, uh, in responses on some of the, uh, the draft media calls. I, I was, uh, they were, they're available on YouTube. So I was just going through them. And so, um, you know, I came away pretty impressed with, uh, with RJ Hampton, but, um, I do see like why you wouldn't take RJ specifically again, you know, how that factors into the moving forward with Luke Kennard. But, you know, there were there were other available options on the board, right? There was there was Sadiq Bey. There there was a guy like Josh Green, another like wing type player. Um we talked about I talk about a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who would have been another guard, but another like high character, high impact uh defensive guard that uh, I think Dwayne Casey would have had a ball uh, coaching Tyrese Maxey. Um you you think about even a guy like uh Hmm. Who else? I mean, there, you even think about a guy like a Jaden McDaniels, right? Like a, a higher upside wing type creator uh, for this team. And so, yeah, um, I, I got to say, like this, uh, this Isaiah Stewart pick is uh, not nearly as inspiring as the Killian Hayes pick uh, was. But I very much hope it works out for for the Pistons' sake.
Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sign off. I'm not going to say this is the end of the podcast, but these are all the picks the Pistons are scheduled to make this, uh, this NBA draft. And so we'll, uh, we'll check out the rest of the second round. Hopefully the second round flies through a little bit quickly and, uh, we'll see, we'll see if, uh, the Pistons buy another pick in the forties or something and draft another, uh, you know, rotation type type player in that range. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you know, overall draft pretty good. You know, anytime you draft the guy I had number one on my board, like I think you had a, a pretty good draft. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the, what the night has in store. Uh, for Detroit. Uh, so you got one, we'll take another break and then uh, we'll be back with uh, anything else that uh, the 2020 draft has to offer for us. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, say that three times fast, so that you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move just as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's their best offer available anywhere. You go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Hey, it is 12.08 a.m. Thursday, November 19th, and uh, the draft is pretty much over. I was holding off on this just because, like, man, uh, after the uh, after the Isaiah Stewart pick, I got kind of burned. Or I'm like, oh, hey, I think the, I think the Pistons are kind of done. And they very, they very much were not. Very, very much were not. And so, uh, yeah, I was hoping to talk about everything at once so I didn't have to record like four more segments right as much as i would have enjoyed that and you guys would have enjoyed that i think that would have been a little bit tough on my psyche i also uh, managed to do a live stream with the uncontested the oklahoma city uh podcast uh, oklahoma city thunder podcast for the blue wire podcast network and so you should absolutely uh, check that out if that gets released in podcast form uh thanks to the couple of you i'm sure we're like showing up in the chat and asking questions uh that means a lot uh, but yeah, we, so we, <laughs> oof, okay. Yeah. Troy Weaver did a lot of stuff tonight. Uh, so last we spoke, Isaiah Stewart had just gone 16th to the Detroit Pistons. Um, I thought the Pistons were done right after that. The, uh, there was a three team trade. The, we got, uh, Landry Shamet was traded from the Clippers to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Luke Kennard was traded from the Detroit Pistons to the Los Angeles Clippers 
And then the Pistons picked up Sadiq Bey with the 19th overall pick. That's I think that's the Brooklyn pick. And Rodney Magruder. Um, for me, for this trade, like this is this is definitely a good piece of work um, for the team. And I'm, I'm going to say that a bunch. Uh, Detroit had a really great night from a draft perspective. And that leaves me feeling very good about the future direction of this team under Troy Weaver. But uh, just isolating the trade um the lack of a Luke Kennard extension the lack of like there's no whispers about Luke getting an extension from either the team or Luke and to me that always just really stuck out as like a big flashing red light that that something was up right uh we talked about how he was in trade discussions at the deadline this previous season um we talked about how, uh, you know, didn't necessarily know if he was a guy that would fit as part of uh, a team like led by Troy Weaver. He's not, you know, he's very, he's a very good player, but he's not the type of player that Troy Weaver tends to uh, uh, associate with the kind of basketball he wants to, to play and construct. And so it always made a lot of sense that Luke was, was going to be traded. Um, pure value perspective Luke was the 12th pick uh, four years ago now 12th pick four years ago trading him for the 19th pick in a draft that I think will end up being probably weaker than Luke's draft is not great but I do love the pick that the Pistons were able to make right Sadiq Bey was a guy I think a lot of people had higher than 19th I think he was a guy people had in like the top 11 or 12 top 15 for sure Um, and the Pistons did a good job of, of picking him up. Uh, Bay is going to be your prototypical pro professional basketball ready Villanova wing. Um, he's already 6'8", uh, shot over 40% from three, uh, good team defender. Uh, you hope he makes the type of impact that Mikhail Bridges and Josh Hart, both ex-Villanova guys, uh, made right away. Now that's not that's not to say he's the like exact same type of player. I think he's uh, or less of a like an impact team defender than uh, Mikael Bridges is, and I think he's less of a guy who's gonna like throw his body around and make plays than than Josh Hart. But you you hope like both of those guys found their ways. Uh, both Bridges and Hart found their ways into rotations really quickly just because they were able to like do the things that NBA coaches love, which is like play a role and hit shots. And I definitely think Sadiq Bey can come in and do those things. I definitely think Sadiq Bey can come in, uh, play some team defense, rebound a little bit, hit some shots and, and make Dwayne Casey happy. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good trade. I'm not I'm not mad at it. Sadiq Bey is the type of player I would have been interested in if they traded Luke for a pick that was higher than 19, right? Um, I will say it was a little bit interesting that uh, like RJ Hampton kind of fell in the draft. We knew the Pistons were interested in RJ Hampton. The Pistons had the opportunity to take RJ Hampton twice and and pass on him. Um, I wondered, you know, earlier on the podcast, you know, past Laz wondered if the Pistons not taking R.J. Hampton was a sign of uh, strength or belief in Luke Kennard. I mean, like, clearly we can say that that wasn't the case uh, anymore. But uh, I do think that um, 
there's a desire to like not have Luke Kennard or not sorry to not have uh, a lot of uh, youth on the floor at point guard and uh, between like Killian Hayes and RJ Hampton I think that if they were thinking of uh, RJ Hampton as a guard they were thinking of him as a potential point guard a potential lead guard and with the selection of Killian Hayes I think that, that made RJ Hampton uh, a little bit moot um, yeah Luke, uh, Luke will be sorely missed by the fans. Luke was a really popular player. He's a really good player. I want to keep emphasizing that Luke was a really good player because I was often so, so critical of him. And But my critiques did not make me like blind to what he contributed to a team, right? And I think he will have a lot of success on the Clippers, right? The Clippers needed somebody not named uh, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George that could um, get them uh, a bucket. Uh, Lou, like this, that's the role like Lou Williams was playing a lot for them. Um, and Lou kind of struggled after his whole thing in the bubble. And I think Luke will be able to fill that role for them admirably. You know, you can play next to Lou Williams in a lineup that doesn't care about defense and you can just outscore those guys. Um, you can play in end of game uh, crunch time lineups. Uh, flanked by you know better perimeter defenders elite perimeter defenders in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and so the weaknesses that Luke has on that end are less of a factor than they would be you know playing next to you know Killian Hayes and uh and Tony Snell and so yeah like I think Luke will have a lot of success in uh in Los Angeles I don't know if he's gonna get paid though um that I have not taken like a very close look at the uh, Clippers salary cap situation, but uh, I know with like, you know, two max players and uh, I think they're hoping to re-sign uh, Harold, their sixth man of the year. Lou Williams is still in the books. Um, uh, Avicja Zubak is still in the books. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to find like, you know, the 15 to 16 to 17 million that I'm sure Luke Kennard is, is looking for. And so that's a that's an interesting threat or not threat. Um, sorry, it's an interesting situation for Luke moving forward. Um, if he's able to if he's able to ball out and play really well for a team that's going to make a deep playoff run, I think that will make him very valuable uh, across the league, and uh, that will that will bode well for like what he uh, tries to bring or what he like wants to get in a, in a contract situation. So yeah, uh, um, we're going to miss Luke. Same way we're going to miss Bruce Brown, we're going to miss Luke. But I love what Sadiq Bey offers this team. Oh, and uh, I shouldn't ignore Rodney Magruder, right? Like Rodney Magruder um, is a very solid veteran player. That kind of, his presence probably means the death knell of uh, the the return of Langston Galloway to Detroit, um, which is unfortunate. Like I liked Langston. Langston was a good dude. He was a good locker room dude. But I have no reason to believe that Rodney Magruder is anything other than a good locker room dude as well. So you get a little bit of that. Um, Magruder was a really effective glue player for the Milwaukee Milwaukee for the Miami Heat a couple of years ago. Um, I think he was and he was injured a little bit this season with the Clippers. And I think the Clippers were hoping that he could do a lot of what he was doing for Miami for them, but the injury kind of made that uh, difficult. And so the Pistons will need a little bit less of what Magruder offers on the floor, but I think he will make an excellent example for a lot of the youth that's on this team and a guy who just, like uh, again, uh, comes in, 
uh, does his role, knows where he's supposed to be, is very responsible, just like does all the veteran stuff, and can still play a little bit. I think that's important. So yeah, we shouldn't ignore Rodney Magruder's uh, potential contributions to this Pistons team with this trade, but the bulk of this trade is basically Luke Kennard for Landry, uh, Luke Kennard for uh, Sadiq Bay, which I think is fine. Okay, the second trade the Pistons make was a was a really nice uh, piece of work, picking up. Uh, they traded for for cash. Pistons gave out cash. Future considerations. It was unclear what the future considerations were. I asked about it. Apparently, it's just cash. So that's great. Just you trade cash, you get a player. That's good. Um, it's not my cash. I don't care about the cash. Um, they picked up Tony Bradley and the thirty eighth pick for for that cash from the Utah Jazz. The 38th pick became Vanderbilt point guard Saban Lee. Uh, I don't know a lot about Saban. I like the fact that his highlight reel, what they showed like when he got drafted, was just him dunking on guys. That's pretty cool. I'm enjoying that. Uh, that that seems to be your Jordan, your Jordan Bone developmental point guard replacement. He uh, will be on a two-way per James Edwards III of the Athletic. Shout out, James. And so, like, yeah, that's, like, quite functionally, you're replacing Jordan Bowen with that guy as a developmental point guard. Uh, Lee is younger, um, and I, but I, I don't know if he's more, uh, I don't know if he would play as effectively in the G League as Jordan Bowen managed to do this previous year, but, uh, you know, it's a, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Uh, Troy Weaver sees something in this guy. I'm, I'm willing to trust uh, Troy Weaver's eye. Uh, the other bit of this is Tony Bradley. Getting Tony Bradley for free is actually, like, that's pretty good. Tony Bradley was uh, very effective defensively for the Utah Jazz. Uh he was uh, he's a little bit limited offensively, but uh, like even even in a playoff setting against the Den- against the Denver Nuggets, like Bradley was just always kind of in the right place positionally, a good rebounder, like a, a great hustle guy. Like I I really like this Tony Bradley acquisition, man. Like this is this is going to be good. The Pistons have kind of shored up their their front court, right? Like you know coming into tonight, you know the only bigs technically on the roster we're going to be you know Blake Griffin and Justin Patton you know adding Tony Badley and Isaiah Stewart to that mix I think is uh is pretty good um I wonder you know what what uh who they're going to I wonder who's going to win that battle that's going to be a very interesting training camp battle who who wins the starting center job um I do think it's interesting that all of the centers that Troy Weaver have brought in are kind of like uh you know defensive-minded, rim-protecting, not particularly tall guys. I don't think... Uh, okay, I'm actually going to double-check this, but I think Bradley is, like, a little bit undersized uh, for his position. Like, he's... As in, like, he's not, like, a big, like, seven-foot, like, behemoth. He's... Okay, he's 6'10". Yeah. So he's not undersized. He's not, like, 6'9", but... Uh, like, Stewart is. But he's not, like, you know, 7'2 guy in, in the middle there either. Um... Yeah, like I, I, I'm. It, it, it's late. Uh, you can probably hear me kind of like hemming and hawing and, and doing everything. But like, yeah, I, I really like the Tony Bradley acquisition. This is the kind of like the little things that I get to nerd out about because because Tony Bradley is a pretty good player and like he wasn't ever going to be the starting center in Utah because they have Rudy Gobert and like he he's not better than Rudy Gobert. Um, but he can still be like an effective NBA player. I think this is the with 
like this is the type of guy I envisioned the Pistons like picking up to fill in that front court role. Um, so if they if they had made a different pick at sixteen, if they had if they had just brought in Tony Bradley and not drafted Isaiah Stewart, I'd be feeling like really great. If they had drafted I don't know somebody else with that sixteenth pick, I would have been feeling a lot better. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is. That that was a that was a good that was a good trade. Anytime you can pick up two very useful players for basically nothing in cash, uh, I mean, like it is Tom Gores's money. Um, a lot of there are going to be a lot of teams. I think who uh, we we always kind of wondered if there would be a lot of teams who would be willing to sell second round picks because of the uh, economic instability that uh, is currently happening with COVID and no fans in arenas and stuff. But uh, but yeah, like you know. It's a it's a good bit of uh, trade work to get Tony Bradley in into Detroit. Um, so yeah, I like and you know Saban Lee's athletic and he's going to be developmental. So I'm I'm excited about both halves of this trade uh, for the Pistons. The one thing that I think uh, I've seen other people bring up and and uh, I want to close with because we'll we'll be talking about free agency in the future. Right tonight's about the draft, but uh, I it it's not insignificant that the Pistons added a little bit of salary tonight, right? The, the Trevor Ariza deal um, added a bunch of salary to the books, and then they've added, you know, three rookies um, and a, a guy, Tony Bradley, who's on a rookie-scale deal, but I think makes, um, like, you know, three, four million, something like that. Um, and they so they've cut down on their potential cap space, right? Um, Kevin Pelton, <laughs> Kevin Pelton of ESPN gave the uh, Trevor Ariza trade uh, like a, he gave the Pistons like a C minus grade for the trade because it uh, cut into their ability to sign Fred Van Fleet, which uh, Kevin Pelton fully must misunderstands like what this offseason is about. But hey, you know it it is what it is. Um, but I will say the addition of all this salary does cut in their ability cut into their ability to sign one particularly key uh unrestricted free agent for the Detroit Pistons and that's Christian Wood. You know, I am not alone in noting this. Other uh Twitter Pistons Twitter luminaries such as like Duncan Smith and Inku Cahill have also kind of noted that like hey, like they're running out of space to to bring back Christian Wood. Not feeling super great about that. And uh they're right to, right? It would, uh, I don't know what Christian Wood is looking for in his next NBA contract. I don't know if he's looking to play for a winner. Um, his tweets, you know, he tweeted, I think, infamously, like, I want to win. Um, and so, you know, maybe he is looking to play for a winner. Maybe he's looking to sign the largest contract available to him. That would make a lot of sense. Again, as a guy who is um, still. Only still, you know, on the younger side, he's 24, 25, but a guy who has never made like an extensive amount of NBA money in his career, getting the opportunity to sign for big money. I think that's, that's an opportunity any of us would, would jump at. And so I don't begrudge Christian Wood the opportunity to do that, but it is looking uh, pretty unlikely that the Pistons will be able to match like an obscene, obscene Christian Wood offer. Um, I think the Pistons still will have, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15, 14 million in cap space after the dust settles. Um, do they want to use all of that cap space on Christian Wood? That's an open question. Uh, do they want to be a team that operates, you know, over the cap, but 
uh, wins, but is but is on pace, right? There's a very young team on pace to win like 25, 30 games. Like that also doesn't make a ton of sense from a financial perspective. If we're, you know, if we're just playing with Tom Gores' money, right? It doesn't make a lot of money to, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to pay a lot of money for a team that's not going to win that many games and a team that you know is not going to win that many games and a team that is not going to win that many games by design. It doesn't make a lot of money to, it doesn't make a lot of sense to spend a lot of money on a team like that. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, and we'll talk about uh, free agency on future podcasts. We'll talk about free agency on the Detroit bad boys podcast with, uh, with Ben Gulker. But uh, yeah, I, if you were a Pistons fan and there are legions of, of Pistons fans who uh, was just like the the only thing you wanted this offseason was to re-sign Christian Wood. Uh, this looks pretty unlikely, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. But, you know, on the whole, you should be encouraged that the Pistons had a really good night, right? The, the team will look very, very different, but uh, all the moves that they made in the draft, I think, point towards a future in which the team, the Pistons of uh, the Pistons that are, are a long, uh, defensively inclined, very tough, mentally, uh, very high character team. Those are all things that kind of point uh, that Troy Weaver and Dylan Casey can embrace and, and point uh, in the same direction on. And I think those are that's a team that the city of Detroit has tended to embrace when the Pistons are good. Um, and so, like, I, I definitely think that the re- the restoration of the Detroit Pistons into a a classic Detroit Pistons team is is off to a, a roaring start uh, under Troy Weaver. So yeah, that this has been uh, that's been the podcast. It is now twelve twenty seven a.m. I need to go to sleep so I can go work in the morning. Uh, but actually, I gotta edit this and put in the ads and everything. So yeah, uh, I'm Lazarus Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L A Z C H A N C E. Uh, you can also you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also find my other podcast, the Detroit Bad Boys Podcast, on the uh, same platform that you find this podcast. You can read my work, of which I'm sure I will have a lot of stuff to write about in the not too distant future, on DetroitBadBoys.com, the SB Nation uh, Pistons fan site. And uh, yeah, this has been a, it's been a fun night. It's been a tiring night, and uh, it's been a good night for Pistons fan though. And we'll uh, we'll talk some more about what this uh, night means for the Pistons later. See you guys then.